while we would like to just say this to you, the angels rejoice in heaven. When one comes home, several have came home. When the prodigal returned, the father threw a party. Welcome to the party. Amen. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. We love you with all of our hearts. And maybe you could just take your seats just for a moment. And we would like to say how much we have enjoyed this meeting. And to be able to stand with generals and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's just in, it's incredible. And to preach to the greatest people on earth. It's just incredible, and so we, we have just so enjoyed it. I've enjoyed just feasting and fellowshipping with you, and, and uh, we so love you with all of our hearts, and, and uh, I would love to just to be able to shake every one of your hands, and Brother Tim explained it last night for me, and that was so nice that he would do that. And uh, you give me patience, I'm, I'm going to get well. How do you know, Brother Ron, the Word says that? Amen. I had a visitation, and, and uh, for those that don't believe that's happening, it's happening. And, but I had a visitation, and I was sitting kind of on a front row, kind of where you guys would be. And I was sitting, and, and I was there, and I was under great expectation of what the speaker would say. And... Uh, it was Brother Branham. And Brother Branham was in, a, in, a, in an incredible suit. I'd never seen that kind of fabric. As he was standing there, he was just talking and reminiscing about the phenomenal works of God. He was just talking to the people. And as he was talking to us, we, we seemed to just be spellbound. I kind of get spellbound when I'm listening to a tape. <clears throat> when he finished speaking, he stepped right to me and had a book in his hand. And it was a greenbound book, and, he, and it was the way of a true prophet. And he, and he just looked at me. He said, Ron, would you like to have the book that I've used used to me. I said, I love it. I told him, I said, Brother Branham, I've loved your message with all my heart. I've given my life to it. And I love it with all my heart. And he patted me on the cheek and he said, Ron, you're going to get well. You know, those things are just so special to you. 
They're so special. You know your word says that. We have the most powerful quotes in the world and most powerful songs in the world. But those little visitations sure help you along life's way. And Amen. And I know maybe you're suffering in many different directions. I want you to know you're going to get well. Amen. I, I came with several things on my heart. And the Lord had spoke to me. And, and I'm now going to share something with you. Uh, the Lord has spoke to me to, to speak in a mess, in a mess, in a mess. And maybe you were in a mess in your life, and God was rich in mercy. And you're no longer in that mess anymore. Amen. Amen. But another part would be that I'd have a vision that I would stand in at this time and, and pray for Brother Ed and his family and this church as you more move forward. As you move forward, uh, I've been a part of you for, for a long time now. Amen. And Brother Tim's been here much longer than I have. But I, I would just like to pray for Brother Ed and his family and have Brother Tim join me. And Brother Timothy, join me. Yes. I want your family, Brother Ed. I'd like to, for the minister brethren here that are part of this assembly and the ministers from, from how many pastors, ministers do we have in the building today? Would you just stand, please, if you could do that? Amen. Amen. The deacons that are here, amen. Could you, could you come? Maybe Brother Ed's family come. Yes. Brother Ed's family come. Caleb, I want you to come too. And by the way, Caleb, welcome home. Ethan is a prince, an absolute prince of a man. Amen. Amen. Your daughter, I'm sure, is watching. You've been in training a long time. You had a great mentor. He was not just a preacher, he was a general. We don't intend to ever take his place. But this is God's church. It's way much bigger than a man. It's way bigger than a man. We want the Holy Ghost to guide your life. As you study, may the Holy Ghost be in your... I know it's been that way for years. But may it be in a greater way. Now we as a ministry, a team... Because we're all a team. Nobody's greater than any other. All of us are gifted in many different directions. And we all enjoy one another's gift. We do. Maybe don't understand one another's gift. But we sure do enjoy it. Brother Ed, we're proud. We're proud of you. We love you. I don't know if your mother's here. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. Amen. Amen.
Heavenly Father, just now, here we stand in this incredible moment. Lord, if Brother Harold could look across the balcony just now. Lord, as Brother Minnow prayed, when many men pass off of the scene, their churches begin to die and regress. And it becomes nothing but a great big building, but it becomes empty. The Spirit of God leaves because it was built on personality. But God, this building was built to serve your purpose. Father, it's not upon a man. And it'll never be upon a man. But God, you raise men to oversee a congregation. To attend to the needs, not only of the elderly, but plumb down to the, the littlest baby. Now, Father, we ask you that you would anoint him like never before. Thank you, Father, for his life. Thank you for his family. We even thank you for the restoration of his son through this weekend, dear God. Lord Jesus, how mindful that you are, that you're a God of grace and mercy. Now we ask you that you would anoint Brother Ed like never before, Father. Oh God, may the people see the Holy Ghost moving in his life. May they see more than Brother Ed, but may they see you. May they hear with a trained ear the voice that is behind the voice. Oh, God, and may as he speak, Lord, may that one sermon touch so many souls. Lord, as the word is the discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the hearts, I pray that that word would go to its resting place to inspire and to encourage and to strengthen. Oh, God, I pray that you would anoint him and his family. As the darks of hell comes against them, I pray that, Father, may angels stand guard like never before, Father, to watch over them. Bless this church, we pray. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen and amen and amen and amen. Amen and amen. Yes. All the other brothers that minister now with, did I miss that? I must have missed that. Brother Andrew, Brother Moses, Brother Max, amen. John, amen. All, all here, amen. Brother Max, won't you come up here? <laughs> Amen. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. Amen. I believe you're getting ready to take a journey in your natural life. And I believe it will be very beneficial. Yeah. It will it will help your ministry in so many ways. Amen. God bless you. God bless you, Brother Moses. Amen. Many years ago, you were going to ask me a question in the hall. 
And I was so tired I couldn't answer that question. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for that. You probably don't remember that. Yeah. Amen. God bless you. All of your marriage moving here was God's directing because he had a bigger plan. God bless you. Brother Max, God knows how to bring a man to a place, don't he? To be on a team. Now a team is when a, we have no egos of our own. We don't pull different ways. We're a, we're a team. That's what we are. We're a team. Yeah, we're a team. As a body or internationally, we're all a team. And, and the devil would have us to throw rocks at one another. But you remember who the rocks should be thrown at. Not at one another, but at Goliath himself. And, amen. Don't throw them at your brother. You throw them at Goliath. Amen. Amen. Let's just pray. Father, you place in the body special gifts. Thank you, Lord, there's no one-man ministry. We're not looking for another prophet. Lord God, we, we just know that you place different gifts in the body to have different places. And I ask you that you would ignite every one of their gifts. Lord, may it, may it start at home. As it starts at home and their study and there's their prayer life and their wives and their children. Lord Jesus, I ask you, Lord God, that their home would have an atmosphere of the presence of God. And may that presence of God be like an overflow of a cup down into the saucer that others can enjoy. I pray in their study that they would just be ignited by certain words that would jump off of the pages. And those words would go to intended purposes to strengthen your children, Father. Now, Lord, whether we're preaching to 10 people or 500, we ask you that you would help us, Father, to always look up to see the Master. Is he pleased? Oh, God, we're not to be men pleasers, but we're to be God pleasers. Brother Branham said we must be isolated. Lord, and I ask you that you would just help us to be isolated into your presence, Father. Lord God, in the name of Jesus Christ, may this tabernacle be a beacon of light to win souls into the kingdom of God. We don't have long to work, so let us work while it is day. In Jesus Christ, we give it all to you, Father, now. Amen. Amen and amen. Amen and amen. God bless you. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Amen. Amen. God bless you, brother. I love you. I love you. Amen. Amen. Have I missed anybody? Amen. Have I missed anybody? Amen. God bless you. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah.
Isn't it nice how God operates? Isn't it good to us? And we all at the same time could, could say, Lord, let me rededicate my life. Amen. I don't want to waste a day to you. I want to serve him with all my heart. That's what I want to do. I want to serve him. And, and maybe, maybe you live in this community and maybe you've been out of church. Well, why would you waste another weekend without coming to church and coming you know, lay your criticisms down and your unforgiving nonsense and come to church and light the fire. Let the Holy Spirit deal with your lives. And amen. It'll, it'll do you good. It'll do you good. Amen. And, and, and I know, I know this whole community will be blessed by that. And Amen. And so we, Brother Ed, thank you for having this meeting for us to come. And thank you for everything. And we love you with all of our hearts and all the other ministries that have, that have uh, dismissed their services. And thank you. Thank you so much. I've got to fellowship with some of you. Some of I haven't been able to. Let's give them all a great big hand. One of these days, one of these days we'll sit down together. We won't have one of these. And we won't be tired. And, and we'll maybe be able to talk about some memories and, and thoughts. And, you know, this mortal life won't mean too much then. Amen. It's, won't it be wonderful? I think sometimes, I think sometimes our... Our minds, we think we know what it's like, but I'd say in the first five seconds, we, we will realize we didn't have it figured out. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. A place of perfect love. And we were given a message that would get us there. And, and maybe you'll hear your minister scream to you, get back in line. And it was for your good. Amen. And, you know, I think about when, when you were just told just a moment ago about, you know, Brother Tim speaking hour and a half. I think I spoke an hour and a half last night. And we're not going to try to figure out how long Timothy spoke. And, <laughs> and I just give out all I could give out last night. And some of you were worried about that. But you know what? I rested real well and we're back here, you know. And you know, I, I, I know we're, this is only for a short season and where a minister goes an hour and a half or two hours and I don't, I'm not going to set you up for that. But, but I, you know, when, when a person goes to a ball game, and they pay an enormous amount of money for a ticket for a seat that they can't see, Sitting with people they really don't like. And it's an extremely emotional place. And if your team is winning, (coughs) 
before you know it, it's done got late and it's two or three o'clock in the morning before you got back home and you spent $500, $30 for a hot dog and a Pepsi. And you did all of that and then you come and you sit in an hour and a half service and the guy preached and, and he preached to you and your devil goes, he's going way too long. You need to remind him of what he had you doing. Maybe you hockey fans up here. Maybe y'all don't get excited or anything. I, I don't know. But down in south where there's football. <clears throat> and there's a potential when they, their teams start running out of the tunnels. And 100,000 fans are screaming. And the electricity in the building, the earth actually begins to shake. I think it's time for the bride of Christ to shake the earth a little bit. Amen. Amen. I'm going to ask my brother to help me on the monitor because I've got three services over the next week and, and start again Wednesday and Friday at Brother Joe Green's. Would you pray for me Amen. that God would just help us there and Amen. If I blow my voice here, there's going to be some mad people. And so, amen, especially Joe Green. And I don't want him mad. So, amen. Could we stand to our feet? Isn't he wonderful to us? Maybe you have a need on your heart. And maybe I know there's prayer lines. It's been prayer lines every service. But, and... Maybe you still have a need, and you'd just like to say, Lord Jesus, would you pass by my way? Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we could never thank you enough. I personally couldn't thank you enough. Thank you to be standing here. I take these moments very seriously. I love you with all my heart. I dedicated my life to you many, many years ago. Brother Ed and myself dedicated our lives to you at the same age, 22 years old. Now here we stand. I thank God that I can look back and say there are no regrets. I'd give it all, all my life. And now, Lord Jesus, I ask you one more time that you would anoint us as we turn to your word. Now, you know how to talk to your wife. So if there's any gift that any of us would have, is to get ourselves out of the way. That's what we pray for. Lord, we thank you for visions and dreams and visitations those 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 incredible moments guide us to these moments but lord let us get ourselves out of the way 
Rebecca was not going to marry Eliezer. She was going to marry Isaac. The important one that's in the room is you, Father. And you know how to touch our lives. Maybe we've been neglectful, Father. Maybe we've put some things off. Now I ask you that you would speak to our hearts and anoint our lips in a mighty way we pray. In the name of Jesus Christ, we ask you, amen and amen and amen. God bless you. Amen. If you will turn with me to Revelation chapter 21 and verse 1. Hallelujah. I want to read to you about your future. Revelations 21 and verse 1. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men. And he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. And God himself shall be with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. And there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, Neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. And he said unto me, It is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of water of life freely. And he that overcometh shall inherit all things. And I will be his God and he shall be my son. I want us to read that last verse together. He that overcometh shall inherit all things and I will be his God and he will be my son. You can be seated. <clears throat> I'd like to title this evening after an incredible meeting like what we've had with all the emotions that we've had all the miracles that we have taken in the things that we have witnessed with our own eyes. What has happened in our hearts. We have been reminded over and over again of we have a hope for revival. And that we're a part of the revival. That God has a plan. I'd like to title this just for a few moments on Addressing the Troops. I want to remind you of what a gathering that you are. You're gathering from all places, all over, maybe Canada, and the internet will, could say all over the world. 
It is not a man that has gathered you, but God has gathered you. Now, if we could say this, you were pre-planned. Your birth was pre-planned. You couldn't come in another age. You couldn't come under another messenger. You couldn't come at another time. You might have said, well, I would like to have lived here. I'd like to have done that. Or maybe I'd have liked to have been with Moses or Noah or one of those others. I'd have liked to have been here with Jesus when he sat with the woman at the well. I'd have liked to have been here with Brother Bram and watched that, that, that man that wanted to stomp him into the ground. I'd have liked to have been in that service. Or maybe the service that the wind blew through the building. Or when the seals were revealed. When Brother Branham would say, night after night, I don't know what tomorrow night is. And then he would say, he, I was about to make a horrible mistake, but he came. But you see, God reserved you. He knew the type of age and the condition that would be here. He knew even 2,000 years ago as he addresses the church of that day of what we were going to face. He was not just preaching to them. Two in the field, one to be taken, one to be left. As it was in the days of Sodom and Gomorrah, so shall it be in the days of the Son of Man. He knew that we were coming. He knew the conditions. He knew the horse riders. He knew, he knew all of these things that were preparing. But he also knew that there was a Lamb's book of life. And he had to go to Calvary and pay the price of redemption knowing that you were coming. And he had to pay for the title deed of your life Knowing what your original origin was. Way beyond that fleshly order of being able to calculate and study your way back to Adam in the fleshly form. God thought of you before the foundation of the world. In his great photo album, he took a picture of you at your best. Now, he didn't do that just to see if he could do it. Being the great author and the finisher of the faith or, or the great God that could create and speak the world into existence, he didn't just call you or raise you up just to see if he could do it. He didn't just have a tree from an acorn just to see if he could do it. He didn't allow certain things just to see if he could do it. He had a purpose. He had a plan. He is in control of it all. So in God's plan, no doubt Satan could watch as different ones, attributes drop down through the ages and a certain prophet would rise and immediately Satan would begin to buffet them. Why no doubt in that, that dimension Satan can watch that pillar of fire moving as it moves over a certain individual.
Do you think it's strange that the devil begins to fight you as soon as you come to the Lord? Are you with me? Brother Brown said you just never staggered into a meeting somewhere or another and, and, you, and you thought it was all on your own. God brought you there. You were making choices that were taking you away from God. But God, rich in mercy. Most time God finds his children in trouble. God, rich in mercy, finds you. And being a God that will not lose one. Sometimes he'll let you run and run and run and run and run and run. And, and for those that think that their children will never come home, let me just say, commit them to God. You've got a covenant with God. You've got a token with God. Don't you give up. When, when, as we spoke the other day about Abraham, and God told him, he said, Abraham, can you count the sand? You know, sometimes we think about that thought, and we just let it go. Can you imagine what a phenomenal thought Abraham, can you count them? You can't hardly. I, I stood the other day with sand in my hand, and I, and I thought about it. You can't count the grains of sand. Hardly in the palm of your hand. Much less the whole world. God had a plan much bigger than Abraham could see. So shall thy seed be. Abraham, can you count the stars in the heaven? I, I can't do it. Everyone in its order, in its place written the first Bible everyone fell to a certain spot and <laughs> dropped off of the clinker isn't it amazing how the prophet explained the creation and he explained how that God allowed that clinker to fall to a certain spot and he stopped it and it hangs there and it just hangs there it's a, got a representation no light of its own, but the light comes from the sun. We don't have any light of our own. The light comes from the sun. Now, if I could address you today, in the South, we had a civil war. And men like Robert E. Lee would address the troops and tell them that we're, we're getting ready for a battle. Some of you are going to be victorious today. We're fighting for a cause. And he knew for all well. There, 
there was a lot of responsibility to him that he had to do it right as a natural man. He was sending men to their death. They were carrying a banner. They had a cause. Every war has a cost. Every war has a cost. Wars are going on all over the world. Stonewall Jackson, a man named Winston Churchill would stand before a great audience of many soldiers as a war was raising. Thousands and thousands of men were there. And they asked him to be the speaker that evening. And he walked up and he got to that, that place and everybody was under great expectation of what he would say, being a statesman of the world, one of the leaders of the entire world. And he steps up to that podium that day and he said, never give up. And he pauses three minutes and he says, never give up. And he pauses again. And he screams with the loudest voice that he could scream, never give up. Amen. And it gave those men courage. Amen. That's what this meeting is about. Are you with me? We're facing Laodicea and darkness, a world that is falling apart. But you were not predestinated to fall or to lose. You were not predestinated to go back. You were predestinated to overcome this age. As a, good, as a matter of fact, God anointed you and elected you and placed you in position and gave you the best armor that he could give you, the best message that he could give you. This message was more than a man walking to a pulpit with controversial doctrines. It was more than a man calling the dress code. This was a voice behind the voice speaking to a bride that could overcome. This message is not to the unbeliever. You'll never polish us up enough to be politically correct. Our intentions is not to stay here for the tribulation period. mission, our mandate is to overcome. Are you with me now? It is a personal agenda between you and God. As a young person, as a married person, as an elderly person, we have a mandate. We shall overcome. As fathers of homes, we believe this with all of our hearts. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We need more than a promise keeper's convention where we make vows. We need the Holy Ghost in our homes. We need the power of God to give us overcoming power. We will not 
surrender. We will not back down. George Washington was persistent at Valley Forge. All the odds was against him. The enemy was across the river. But after an all night in prayer, and the American soldiers with no shoes on their feet, about one third had shoes on, and crossed that river, the valley forged through the ice. Three musket bullets went through his coat. Don't talk to me about courage when you quit church because somebody didn't shake your hand. Three musket bullets. Any one of them. They didn't just shoot them to see if they could shoot them. They meant to take that general's life. Let me just say this to you. The devil would destroy you in a second. But you are better protected than the president of the United States of America. I don't know about your prime minister. He's a sissy boy. I may have trouble at the border. But our president is surrounded by men that are willing to give their life. They're trained to take care of him. They're trained to watch over him. But you're protected way much better than they are. There's angels that you can't see that standing guard over top of you. Brother Ron, but you're way out there stretching, Anna. Brother Branham said when God told Moses' mother and father to put baby Moses in a bull rush. And put it in a crocodile infested water. And put it down in the Nile. He said God dispatched angels. 10,000 angels along that Nile. And told Gabriel personally to stand on that basket. And every time an alligator came up and put his nose on the basket, push it back down. And when it would get in a whirlwind... Get him out of the whirlwind. Listen, you're going to get in some whirlwinds in your life. There's some crocodiles that's going to come your way. But if you can only see tonight, there's thousands of angels that are protecting you. Folks, I haven't come to entertain you. I've come to tell you we have a charge and we have a mandate. Let's finish this. Let's finish this. This ain't no time to run and hide. This is a time to fight like you've never fought before. When we 
walk into a pulpit, man of God, don't you walk into a pulpit with some kind of psychology and some intellectual speech to, to rub the cat the right way. You pray long enough until God speaks to you. Drive back the demons of hell. May your church have such a meeting that it'll shake the shingles off of the top of the roof. That's a direct quote. He had an answer from God. And there was no need of him backing down. Nothing could stop him. He crossed it because he was persistent. He heard from God. Listen to Brother Branham. As he kneels down beside of that little boy that the bones are sticking through its clothes. And that baby's dead. And he saw the vision two years before. People wrote it down in the flyleaf of their Bible. Brother Branham told it over and over and over again. You know these silly critics that want to criticize Brother Branham don't know the whole story. He told people all over to write this down in the flyleaf of your Bible. Two years later, they come on the scene and the angel has to remind Brother Branham and turn him around over and over that to look at the scene. Was that boy in a prayer line? Was he at church? Did we see him in a meeting? I've seen him before. And then it hits him. Now watch him say this later. He said, you just don't know how that feels. You know when you're, where you're at. All the devil's out of hell. If they line up everything there, wasn't hell up around. It'd never stop it. That's when a man knows where he's at. Now let me just say this to you. If that's God's prophet and we're under the message of God's prophet, you can line up every devil out of hell against you. How many people do we have as believers in the building? Line up every devil. Every devil against you. Every devil, the strongest to the weakest. Line up them, every one of them, and they can't stop you. Because you know where you're at. Now I remember I, I, I knelt to his to this side of the as the in the vision when I prayed. You have to do just as the vision, seen it. And I knelt down and they all gathered around and I said, Now watch. Thus saith the Spirit of God, this boy's life will return to him. You know, men of God, as we walk to the pulpit and take the gospel, we know God will back his word up. We've learned now that we're just the microphone and he is the voice. And God will... God knows how to find his seed. He knows where you're at. 
He takes impossible things and makes them possible. I'm one of those prodigal children. I want to say this to you. Don't you give up. My mama years ago and my daddy long years ago never gave up on me. Don't you give up. Now, that quote was said many, many years ago, but what about today? Could you say that about your life? God, I want my life such in order until angels of God, until the Word of God is so operating in our life. Now, let me just say this to you as we heard over and over about the revival happening, but it's more than just for church. It's for your home. It's for your home. It's for your children. And your children's children. And your grandchildren. Are you with me now? In Psalms 91, for those that know, it's my favorite scripture. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God. In him, in him will I trust. Surely he shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowl and from the noise of the pestilence. He's making you a promise. And he shall cover thee with his feathers and under his wings shalt thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor the arrow that flieth by day, nor the pestilence that walketh in the darkness, nor the destruction that wasteth at noonday. A thousand shall fall at thy side and ten thousand at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. Only with thine eyes shalt thou behold and see the reward of the wicked, because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the most high thy habitation there shall no evil befall thee neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling for he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways the moment that you're standing in has been preserved for you we read in Revelation chapter 19 and verse 6, And I heard as if it were a great voice of a great multitude, as a voice of many waters, a voice of mighty thundering, saying, Hallelujah, for the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. For those that don't believe in emotion, you might want to plug your ears. Let us be glad and rejoice. I can just imagine Myram, Moses' sister, as she looked back at her enemies defeated. Those people that had tormented her now for decades and decades. Some of their torment was more than her life could sustain, but God had been with her, knowing that there was going to come a prophet. 
God made a promise. Sure, it come from her family, but she, she had to wait and wait till he realized who he was. That's kind of what we've had to do. Wait and wait till. Realize who we are. But everything's right on time. God's always on time. She'd stood there at the Red Sea with the rest of them and she watched her brother prophet stand there and cry out to God. They were thinking it was a bloodbath that was getting ready to happen. They'd been led in the wrong direction. And all of a sudden, God speaks to him, take what's in your hand. Speak, Moses, don't cry out to me. Speak. We gotta take action. It's not your emotions, it's the word of God. The power of life and death is in your tongue. You must speak, you must worship, you must praise the Lord, you must pray. I read a sign on the way here. 30 minutes to get you back in shape. If I lived here, I'd go there at least one time. (laughs) If that's all it takes 30 minutes to get me back in shape, I'll take that. A lot of people want to come to one service. They want to just come to one service. (laughs) And they think, oh, now I got it made. Oh, no. Welcome to war. The water opened up. They crossed across on dry land. That phenomena had never happened. Now, somewhere or another, there's going to be somebody explain that away. But those people walked across, and they experienced it. Somewhere there's going to be a group of people that are going to be on the earth that have believed a message, and that rapturing faith has been placed on the inside of them, and they've been in a process of rapture for a long time. But somewhere about nine... Six to nine o'clock. There's going to start something in their body. And all the quotes that they have been building up, the armor that has been building up, the overcoming that they've done on a daily basis, the feeding on the word that they have been doing. Let us be glad and rejoice. And give honor to him for the marriage of the Lamb is come. And his wife has made herself ready. And to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, the clean and white. And the fine linen is the righteousness of the saints. And he said unto me, Right, blessed are they, they which are called unto the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said unto me, these are the true sayings of God. Now, 
if I could just say this to you, there will not be an extra seat there. Neither will it be one seat short. <laughs> Brother Ed and Sister Sandy had us for, for brunch, brunch, brunch. And they had us for brunch and they had a long table. And they had a little name tag there. And it had my name. This is where I sat. I was invited, and we accepted the invitation, and, and we came. We enjoyed fellowship. We ate. It was my place. There will come a time that I'll, we'll step from this dimension because God has a plan. And he's got a seat waiting on you there. And if I could address the troops tonight, God's plan will not be thwarted. Now, when Jesus was making his way toward the cross, there was nothing that Satan could do to stop him. What Jesus was getting ready to accomplish. He would have never taken one drop of blood. When he sentenced him to be beaten like no other man. Do you not realize Jesus' silence? His silence was much more powerful than his words. Because he could have called 10,000 angels and one of them could have changed the entire scene. Standing in this condition, Brother Barry, I would like to remind Satan. There was a conversation took place in 46 between God's prophet and an angel of the Lord. And that angel of the Lord told him his commission. If we could just say this, it was an address of a troop. And he, he, heard, he heard our prophet explain to him the hindrances of humanity. Going around the world, a country boy, no education. Oh, that seemed infathomable of how God was going to use him. But God was giving him a commission. I want to remind you as we sit here tonight, we're the only people on earth that is accompanied by the mighty angel. There's a lot of people that quote the same quotes that you quote. 
the same scriptures that you use. But because you are who you are, there's power behind your words. Are you with me now? I'm going to take you three places at one time. Here I stand preaching the gospel. And even as I preached over the last couple of years, doctors say that I've had cancer for about eight years. During that time, the lame has walked. The blind has seen. The dead has been raised. My God is more than able. Maybe the doctors are telling you your case is impossible. Come back to this night. While I'm addressing the troops, you're going to go into some war. There's going to be some storms that you heard about this morning. We're not going to walk out of this building after this meeting into a perfect paradise. Life is real, but we're called to battle. We're called to be challenged. Remember, Jesus was carried to that block and he was beaten like no other man that would ever be beaten because the scripture said he was wounded for my transgressions. He was bruised for mine iniquities. He took those stripes that we could be healed. And regardless of your circumstances, it doesn't make a difference about the circumstances, not even cancer. I would like to say this to Satan himself. Brother Ron, you're acting bold tonight. Satan doesn't have the license to come and take my life. Before he could come and attach my life, he had to go to my father. Because Brother Branham said he can't touch you, he can't touch a hair of your head until he goes to the father and the father's got confidence in you that you'll make it through your trial. confidence in your flesh his confidence is in the seed that he put on the inside of you that seed is not a temporary seed it's not a seed that it's just good when it's good times or, or when everything's alright that seed will hold you through eternity Satan says, I'll take your life. He can't do it. He can't take your life. He don't have that right to take your life. As a matter of fact, he's only a tool in God's toolbox. 
He's a stupid devil. He shows up at church knowing he's going to get whipped. He's the best attender at all of our churches. He never gets offended. He walks into our building. He walks right in here. He gets his impure. He sits down. And they start singing songs of Zion. Oh, he no doubt claps his hands. But when the preacher starts preaching, it starts tearing him apart and casting him out. No doubt when those demons go back to hell, they got to give a report. Throwed me out again. Throwed me out again. So why don't we take courage tonight? Every time he shows up in your home and you feel that little friction spirit, that little naughty spirit, why don't you throw him out? Send him back to hell where he came from. You're not welcome in our church. You're not welcome in my home. You're not welcome in my life. I think we should have some expectations of being victorious. Never think a negative thought. I think we should believe what the prophet of God said that we're an invincible army. We should remember where we came from. I came from God and I'm going back to God. And there's not a devil in hell can stop that. And there's not a devil in hell. Why don't you say that with me? And there's not a devil in hell that can stop that. Why don't you say it with attitude? There's not a devil in hell can say that. Hallelujah. Let's have a party. Let's have a party. No weapon that is formed against me shall prosper. Glory, 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 glory. Brother Ron, are you trying to work us up? I'm just trying to get you to look in the mirror. If you could see how big your faith muscles are.
One more scripture. You can all stand. I want to address you as all your troops. I want to congratulate you for graduating this weekend's class. I wasn't the keynote speaker, but I happened to be the ending speaker. And as we dismiss you from this rally, where we are reminded of who we are, with the Pope doing what he's done, and Russia doing what they were doing, and your government's doing what it's doing, and Sodom's doing what it's doing, and the world's doing what it's doing. God put something on the inside of you that's greater than every challenge. (laughs) Greater than every challenge you will face. Caleb, welcome home. Welcome to the war. But the God that's here is greater than every challenge you will face. How many of you give your heart to the Lord this weekend? You've given your heart. Jack, you got a real experience this morning. You've raised your hands. Raise them high. Don't be ashamed. How many of you got refilled with the Holy Ghost this weekend? I want to remind you, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So when Satan shows up to fight you with a knife, pull out your bazooka. Paul is saying this in Philippians chapter 3 and verse 13. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press. Toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Could we read that last scripture together? I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. I'd like for you, if it don't make you feel uncomfortable, but I'd like for you, especially men to men, or husband to wife, I'd like for you to lay your hand over on your neighbor. Now, I'm sure that we still have challenges that we have to fight, things that difficulty in our mind, because the greatest battle that's ever been fought is in the mind. Yeah. 
but I want you to remember to feed it the right source. Rededicate yourself right here tonight. I know this has been a great meeting, probably one of the greatest. It just seems like that every service always keeps climbing higher. When you come back Wednesday night or whenever the next service is, it'll get better and better and better and better. Just when you think it can't get no better, he just always gets better and better and better. You just keep falling in love with him. But at the end of these services, why don't we rededicate ourselves to God like never before? Why don't we just ask God for a refilling of the Holy Spirit? Let's ask the Holy Spirit through this building. Come wave after wave after wave. Come across our lives. Surrender ourselves to him. Raise the white flag of surrender to Jesus Christ. Oh, Heavenly Father. Oh, what a meeting. It's been you from the beginning to the end. It was the expectation of your children. Now, Father, as we have addressed the troops here, I ask you, Lord God, that you would give them courage like never before. Inspire them like never before. Lord, we ask you to refill us with your spirit, dear God. Lord, anything that's in us that's not like you, we ask you that that be taken out, Father. Cleanse our minds, our hearts of anything that's not like you. Now, Lord, we rededicate ourselves to you, Father. We commit ourselves to you like never before. I pray for a real committal of God. May we have a love like never before. May there come a peace like never before. You're welcome, Holy Spirit. We want to wash your feet tonight with, with our tears. Help us to forgive. Help us to have understanding. Open the eyes of our heart, dear God. Sweep over us just now. We invite you, Lord, now. In this very moment, in this very moment, come now to where we're at, Lord Jesus. Whatever you do, don't miss it. He's sweeping through this building now. Don't you miss it now. Let him come to where you're standing now. You invite him where you're standing right now. This is your time. You didn't live in another age. This is your service. He called you to be a warrior. This is your time. This is your moment. Inspire us like never before, Father. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. 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 Won't you just worship him now? Just worship him now. He's the most important one in the room right now. We want to welcome him. 
We want him to be the king of our hearts. He knows just exactly what you're going through. He knows the challenges that's just before you. He come to give you the strength that you need. He come to give you the strength that you need. Dedicate your life. Dedicate your life just now. Young people, dedicate your life just now. May this be the greatest youth meeting you've ever been in your life. Remember this moment. Let it be fresh. Let it be fresh to you. Hallelujah. He's here. I declare to you, he's here. You don't have to ask him to come. He's here. Just welcome him by your way just now. Hallelujah. 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 Sister, could we just sing that song on the wings of a snow white? Hallelujah. On the wings of a snow white dove. God sends his pure, sweet love, a sign from above, on the wings of the God, Noah had dreamed. On the flood many days. Let's sing it from all of our hearts. He searched for land in various ways. Troubles. Sing it with all of our hearts now.
we sing that last verse together? Brother Branham wrote it. Though I have suffered in many a way. Here's another mic. I have another microphone. Sing this with me. Faith was unforgotten by the Father above. He gave me His sight. with all of our hearts now. Brother Tim and I have preached to you this week. He suffered as hard a trial as you can have to lose his mate. He didn't stop. He has a renewed challenge. Standing in the pulpit preaching like never before with a passion to finish this. Amen. We've made it obvious to you and thank you for every prayer of the trial that we've been through. But if there's anything that I can leave you with, God's with you. Amen. Amen. God's with you. Maybe sometimes your trial and while you're all alone seems like it's more than you can possibly stand. We understand that statement. Oh, yeah. I'd like for us to sing that last verse one more time. Brother Branham understood. You know, when a writer comes from God, and it, those words came from God, and it came from his heart. He lived it. Yeah. There might be times that you feel like I'm going to give up. Don't you worry. There's a dove of the Holy Spirit. And if you're conscious at all, the Holy Spirit is in this building right now. And if we could finish this meeting tonight, let's sing this together with all of our hearts. Although I have suffered in me, Both now 
me if I wanted to share anything about that service I was in. As my mind just goes back for a moment of the many great things that would happen in that meeting. We would go there every Thanksgiving. We lived right across the river in a little town called Bossier. And Streetport was right next to us. That's where I was born. Because at that time, Bozier didn't have a hospital. So just across the river, my mother gave birth to me in 1954. So Brother Jack Moore, being a, a minister in the area, we knew him. and We'd learn of Brother Branham. We'd hear of um, the many wonderful works and would go to the meetings. In fact, the first meeting I would be in would be in 1956. I was only two years old, and we would be out on the fairground. My family would be, and we would actually sort of sit on the hood of the car, and we would listen to Brother Branham preach. Now we're fast-forwarding over into the last service, the last time that I would see Brother Branham be in the service. And Brother Branham would sing this song, and in that service, they would have an old-fashioned prayer line. And in the prayer lines of that meeting, there was a young girl there that also attended that meeting. She actually came from a town about 50 miles away. She was um, a Methodist girl, and uh, she was a cheerleader in high school. And she happened to attend that meeting, too, because some years before, her uncle, who happened to be a neighbor in the same subdivision that I lived in, we played with his kids, and they had, um, you know, Halloween come around, and so their, their kids, of course, and the neighborhood kids would dress up with whatever kind of Halloween costume and would come around. Well, my mother never missed an opportunity to witness. So in every child's sack went a, a wheel of prophecy pointing to one God. Dropped in every child's sack. And this got home to our neighbors 
there and this young man with his family was studying to be a Church of Christ preacher and was going to be, he was going to seminary and he took that track and studied it. All them scriptures pointing to one God. And after he, after he read through all of those, he, light began to dawn in his heart and shortly thereafter he moved to Florida and um, so when he was in Florida there, this new venture and journey that he was on took him into the full gospel realms. And, and now in the full gospel realms, he would hear Brother Branham and he'd come to realize he was a prophet. He was Malachi 4. And so he comes all the way over into Louisiana from Florida and stops by his sister's house in Hainesville and says to his, his sister and his niece, said, come go with me to the meeting. There's a prophet in the land. I want you to hear him. And they were there in that meeting on the wings of a snow white dove. And this young girl, her name was Jeannie. She would become, she would, she's a part of my church now, was wife to now, uh, to one of my deacons. And Sister Jeannie was just this young girl, cheerleader, very worldly. Her husband-to-be, which she would marry, would be a football star in the, there. And, you know, they were very wrapped up in that. But she had heard about this prophet, and, and it was an open line, so anybody could go in. And so they just gave everybody a card just to kind of keep it in order and, and but you just went through kind of a fast line and memorial times of years past and as Jeannie came up into the line with her uncle and her mother his, her, her mother just ahead of them was a woman and Brother Branham stopped her in the prayer line, this woman, and said, um, you are desiring a great thing. You're desiring a child. And he said, but there's um, a, a habit in your life. You have been smoking. And if you repent of that, God will give you that baby. Well, Jeannie, about four back in the prayer line from that, had been slipping around smoking herself. And all of a sudden, she realized that she'd come in the presence of something she had never known before that could tell the thoughts and intents of the heart and know what she were doing. And she began to pray, God, whatever you do, don't let that man tell my mother I've been smoking. Forgive me right now, Lord. I didn't realize how wrong that was. Forgive me. Just think, four people behind this one. And just that little prayer, when she stepped up into that prayer line there, she said, Brother Tim, there was a presence like you would never understand or could know unless you experienced it. The angel of God was right there with such a presence. But just four people later, just 
Can you imagine how long it takes to lay hands? God never revealed it at all to the prophet of God. It was forgiven and under the blood. So under the blood, a prophet could not call it out of her life. The past was gone. And I want you to know, he'll bring you that same kind of deliverance. And I believe he's done that. And these kind of, this meetings, you got a clean past because he has signed your pardon. You can go free. You can walk out of here with a clean slate ahead, nothing marked against you. You're a child of God. You're an heir of the promise. Amen. You've been addressed tonight. Go forth unto battle now. Amen. God bless you. I believe this has been one of the greatest meetings we've ever had, these meetings. And I, I believe it's only going to get better, whatever God has for us. And as Brother Tim was relating about that song on the wings of a dove, the very meeting that he was in, and you hear that prophet sing, it was something he'd lived out. Brother Ron, I think it was in 2019, you were just getting ready to speak a message. You were getting ready to speak a message in Cloverdale, and you just got the report of the cancer. And Brother Ron came out, and he spoke a message, and the message was entitled Courage. And we have seen the greatest display of courage. This wasn't, as Brother Branham would say, he talked about where was that fire in Louisville, the Louisville Fire Department. You know, is a fire out, let's just, you know, sprinkle a little water here, sprinkle a little water here. That's not a captain. He said a real captain takes the axe and goes up the ladder into the fire. We're watching a man that has gone into the fire. We're watching someone that has stood it. And I'll say this, God is using him like never before. Because I've gotten courage from him. You've gotten courage for him. This is not, this is not just sprinkling a little water on a meeting and going to another one. This is all in. And I think we got to go all in. We started, I think, a week and a half ago. Brother Menno, Brother Gift came through here. And Brother Gift spoke on a Wednesday night on the zeal of the Father's house. And we were challenged. And then Brother Timothy came and he spoke on the day of miracles. It's our turn. And then we talk, Brother Tim came and talked about the hope of our revival. And he asked the question. I don't think it's a question anymore. I believe we got the answer. And Brother Ron spoke about in a mess. 
But anytime God speaks, it's not to leave us in that state. I believe he pointed right back to the father of our faith. Abraham was in a mess, but God stood for him. That same God standing for us. And he addressed the troops tonight. We're going to go out from these meetings. We're going to encounter some battles. We're going to think, oh, I wish I was back in that meeting. No. I, I want us to take something with us, some courage. There's something just been on my heart. I asked Brother Andrew this morning, and we had to leave. And he said that prayer line kept going and going. Thank you, Brother Timothy, for praying. But many people were praying for lost loved ones. There's something about that dove, the wings of a dove. It's purity, but it's also a homing bird. It's a bird that returns home. I, Brother John, where are you, Brother John? I would like for you and the group that sings with you to come up and sing, O daughters of Zion, I'm bringing you home. And I want you to think for a minute. Friends, this is the hour. Jesus never would have spoke about prodigals if he knew there wouldn't be some. I want to remind you, when Brother Ron spoke, here is a couple years ago, and it was the service on the wings of a dove. He concluded singing that song, and Brother Ron, he saw that dove. There was something supernatural that happened in that meeting. We had a young man, actually it was one of my sons had to go, and he had to go out and do something, and he left his seat right in the front. There wasn't a seat to be had in the house. And he went in the back, and Logan Boyer walked in the room, and he sat right at the front here, if you remember that. Brother Ken, that song, we were singing it for Brother Ken. Brother Ken has gone. Sister Shelley, you're here. You've got boys. They're part of the promise. Brother Danny Koenig, you got, you got children. Brother Mark Kesser, Brother Jerry, Sister Rachel. How many have got loved ones? I believe that's part of the promise. I believe that God's going to bring prodigals home. I believe there's the greatest outpouring coming yet. And we're not going to let go. This is our battle. This is part of what we're going to do. And I want you to think about this. These, they sing, and then we're going to have prayer. This is not just a man. This is the heart of God. This is God. This was what he expressed to Israel in Jeremiah. When they were in the land, I'm going to bring you back home. This is a restoration message. I'm going to bring you back home. Jesus said, I will lose none of them. No one can pluck him from my hand. I want us to go out with courage. You may have your seats. I'd like him to sing. The last verse of this is not part of the original song. It was penned by Brother Tim. Is that right? Brother Tim, and he refers to Zion. Zion is a type of the bride. I want you to think about Israel and what brought Israel home. What's bringing us home? And we're not going to go home till everyone is in. 
And that's why we're laboring, that's why we're fighting. I want you to go out and say, God knows exactly where everyone's at. And I want you to go out and say, we're all behind you. And we're going to see everyone come. Listen, I'm going to stop. Let's, let's hear them sing this, please. Daughters of Zion, O Abraham's sons, hear the words of your father, hear his promise and love. I will make you a blessing, count the stars if you can. You will be a great nation. I will give you this land. I will bring you back home, bring you back home, oh my children. You will no longer roam, lost and alone in the night.
Oh, 
I got power here, good. I don't believe we ought to leave this meeting without stepping on our land and claiming our inheritance. If you've got a lost loved one and you want to step out, whether you want to step out in the aisle or you want to come up here, but you want to stand for them and you want to make a declaration, I'm claiming them for you, Lord. If you want to do that, you just come and do it. I'm going to ask them to sing that last song again. Then I'm going to ask Brother Timothy to pray for us. And I want you to pray. And I believe God's going to hear these prayers. I believe this is a cry of our hearts. We have a right to speak the word. Let's sing that last verse. Brother Timothy, you can get ready to pray. Oh, Zion, my fair one, oh, queen of the land, fear not, I have called you. Speak my word to this land. Oh, bride, be made ready. The rapture is nigh. Soon you'll rule the heavens. One with that This is our cry tonight, Lord. Lord, there's many, Lord, bound on every side, Father, bound by every kind of spirit of hell, bound by spirits of drugs and alcohol and lust problems and situations in a mess. But Lord, there's a call going forth into the land. Lord Jesus, we ask that the Father would just begin to pull. Lord, as we begin to speak their names and we begin to speak, Lord, and we begin to call, we call for resurrection life, Father, to come forth and to pour into these bones. Lord, I'm reminded of a prophet that stood in a valley of bones and nothing but broken pieces. And the Spirit of the Lord said, will these bones live again? And Lord, he said, thou knowest. And he said, you speak. And Lord, we're speaking tonight. And we're speaking life into bodies. And no matter where they're at, whether they're bound and whether they're sitting on a barroom stool, Lord, whether they're in their basement, whether they're in their room, no matter where they're at, we speak the word of God. And we release the word of God to go after them. And we say, let every son and every daughter go free.
Father, we ask God that you begin to move through every impossible situation, through every mess, Father. Lord, that the resurrection life will pour through every body, we pray. And we rebuke every devil that has held them. And may every chain fall at their feet. And prison doors go open. And the lights begin to dawn. Oh, God, I'm reminded, Lord, right now of a group of people that begin to pray for a man that was in a jailhouse and he was bound and he was, he was guarded by guards. But God, prayers begin to go up and that prayer is being heard tonight. And there's angels that's being dispatched and descending, Lord, where these sons and where these daughters and husbands and wives are. And, Lord, they're being touched right now. And they're saying, get up. Walk out of the jailhouse. Walk out of your position, your condition in the name of Jesus Christ. Oh, Father, we're getting our hearts ready. We're getting our hearts ready to receive them, Lord. We're going to receive our promises. We're going to receive our sons. We're going to receive our daughters. We're going to receive our husbands. We're going to receive our wives. We shall not leave a hook behind. And we defy every devil that would ever try to hold them in the name of Jesus Christ you loose them and let them go the spirit and the bride says come hallelujah whosoever thirsts let him come oh God we thank you now we want to thank you right now it's already done we thank you, Father. We're going to praise you right now. We're going to thank you, Father. We're going to thank you for every deliverance. We're going to thank you for every promise that's being fulfilled. We're going to thank you, Lord, right now, Father. They're turning around right now, Lord. Things are moving in the right direction. Right now, Father, the life of God is dawning in their hearts. Hallelujah. 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 We praise you, Almighty God. We thank you, Lord, for you've heard our prayer. We thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Somebody just want to thank him. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. You're a God that hears our prayers. You're a God that answers. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. I happen to do have, I do have a song. Amen. Gee. Well, glory, glory, glory. Somebody touch me, glory, glory, glory. Somebody touch me, glory, glory, glory. Somebody touch me, it must have been the hand of the Lord. Oh, and while I was singing, Somebody touch me while I was singing. Somebody touch me while I was singing. Somebody touch me. I know it was the hand of the Lord. Oh, while I was bound. 
Somebody touched me while I was bound. Somebody touched me while I was bound. Somebody touched me and there was a hand on the Lord. Oh, while I was bound. Somebody touched me while I was bound.
Hallelujah. 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 With this joy that I have, though the world didn't give it to me. Oh, this joy that I have, oh, the world didn't give it to me. to me all oh, this work that I have all oh, the world didn't give it to me all oh, this love that I have all oh, the world didn't give it to me the world didn't give it and the world can't take it away all oh, this peace this peace that I have all oh, the world didn't give it to me that I have Oh, the world didn't give it to me Oh, this peace that I have Oh, the world didn't give it to me The world didn't give it and the world can't take it away Oh, this word, this word that we have Oh, the world didn't give it to me Oh, this word that I have
Sunday school class for setting the tone. <laughs> Boo devil. <laughs> and in honor of the Sunday school class, 
I want to sing a song. This is addressing the troops. The Lord's army. You need a little room for this, okay? I'm not going to, if I really want to do the actions, I'd call Brother Brent Gransky because he does the good actions for these sing songs. <laughs> Brother John, you're going to have to help here with the actions. But if we're in the Lord's army, listen, I, you love having a good time. I love having a good time. <laughs> oh, man. We're going to go to battle. But let's sing this song as we go. After this, I'm going to ask Brother Barry Johnson to come up. Okay, you're going to come up after this. You're going to pray for us. And I also want to do one other thing. We're going to pray for Brother Ron. In your prayer, I want you to pray for him. You know, I don't know if you've ever gone to Psalms 24. It's one of the, everybody knows Psalms 23, but go to Psalms 24 sometime. This is the generation of them that seek him. Lift up your heads, O ye gates. And be ye lifted up, you everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Amen. Now listen, this, if you read this psalm correctly, it's not one voice, but it's a reciprocation. Back and forth. And this thing says, who is this King of glory? And the answer says, the Lord strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle. And again it says, lift up your Heads, O ye gates, lift them up, you everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord of hosts, he is the King of glory. I want to sing this song. This is, this is only fitting. You address the troops. I could have taken... Listen, anybody ever look at a picture? Brother Ron was compared to, what was this guy's name, James? James Delgado. We, we looked at the picture today. I don't know how they got it out of that. <laughs> he looks more like Teddy Roosevelt. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if you ever read Teddy Roosevelt's speech, That's right. it's not the critic that counts. It's the one who's in the battle. It's not the one who's standing, but it's the one that falls down but gets up again. That's what we heard. Teddy Roosevelt tonight. <laughs> All right, we're going to sing this. Brother Barry, you slip up here. We're going we're gonna to sing this song. Thank you, Sunday school class. Thank you for that. All right, Brother John, lead us. Well, I may never march in the infantry, ride in the cavalry, shoot the artillery. I may 